New digital technologies are driving a step change in enterprise business transformation. At the Digital Twin Podcast, we explore the intersection of technology and business. What should your digital twin look like? Welcome back to the Digital Twin Podcast. Your host, Omar Hari. By popular demand and uh, feedback from our customers, uh, Hari was mentioning the other day, our audience has been saying, what's up with the name of our podcast? That's right. Am I right, Hari? That's I mean, right. We've been getting a lot of mail on that. What's so going on with that? We have, we have a Digital Twin Podcast as the name. And uh, obviously, it's, it's, it's what we use for a Twitter handle, a YouTube, and uh, the website, and so on. And so the question is, what does it mean? And why did you even name it Digital Twin? Are you digital twins? Are we the twins? What's this about? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's, that, was, that was one of the funny commentary. They, they, they were digital twins there for something. They were really trying to figure that one out, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a good. It's a. Hey, good we're point physical and, twins, maybe. <laughs> no. Yeah, I think we are. We, we aren't. Uh, we aren't we physical twins either, or, or cyborgs, or anything like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think it's a it's a valid one, um, and I think most people in this space around digital transformation, IoT, um, have probably heard the word come up a little bit, and. You know, there's multiple definitions of what people think it is, but you know, you know, at the end of the day, it's the core of of how you actually benchmark or put, you know, a digital component around physical, um, physical operations or f- physical assets or physical anything out in the world. I mean, how do you actually benchmark it, get a digital signature, so you know where you are from a digital point of view? That's really what we're talking about here. The core of really putting a a framework and a skeleton around what you're trying to measure or benchmark, um, and it could be a variety of different things, right? It could, you yeah. can look at things as small as you know pieces of equipment, overall operations, supply chain. There's a lot of different vari- variations of how you can model or put a digital twin around this to give you some better insights, right? And uh, it's a very it's it's a very complex term a lot of people have their own definitions of it but it's 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 quite in a, in a simple way you know you're just putting a framework or a box to understand if it's performing the way you want it to or not yeah. right so i was looking at the name itself um doing a little bit of research around the origins um, of the name it turns out the concept itself has been around for about 30 years from a book that was published in 1991. But then the name, the digital twin, actually came about in nine, in 2010. That's when it was first published by NASA. Oh, really? Yeah, NASA. Uh, but since then, obviously, it's been very actively used. There's been a book written around digital twin. And so since then, that's kind of really taken a life on its own. And as you know, the topics that we're most interested in around digital transformation and, you know, what changes, um, you know, what, what is it that Digital Twin brings to the digital transformation game is what we're most interested in. Obviously, we found this to be central to everything digital. We found this to be kind of the, the future of 
what we see in a lot of the industries, whether you talk about uh, automotive, uh, whether you talk about industrial, large equipment, you're talking about you know uh, automation, you talk about airlines, all of these, the digital concept is really taking a life on its own, right? And so what I want to ask you, and in, 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 in general, I've heard this a lot, what is, how is it really going to impact a digital transformation initiative? What's the role of a digital twin? And if this is a CIO or a, or a CEO or, or COO wanting to know, how can that change or how can that influence my initiatives around you know, digital transformation? What would you say? Well, it's a, it's quite a, a loaded question yeah. in, in a sense, right? Because you're asking, is there a digital twin one fits all, right? Um, in reality, um, it's not. Um, the way you would envision a digital twin is it's a model or a framework that's built up of components that takes raw data or data that you have that's available that's bringing it into this model to actually quantify, maybe even put together some benchmarking around what is happening in the physical realm. Um, it can be, I'll give you an example. Um, if you look at IndyCar racing, they put a digital twin around, you know, if, you, if, you, if they're, you know, Indy 500, 500 laps, right? Every lap is being monitored as a, as, as a, as a, it's digital representation of what they did. It's video feed, but they're looking at that time trial over and over again and figuring out where the driver or the vehicle may have had some complications in certain areas of the track or certain areas within the vehicle itself. Now, without having some type of representation, a digital twin around that, you wouldn't be able to tell where these um, anomalies or these variations are starting to happen. That gives you an example just in, in, in realm of, of everyday. So that's NASCAR, really, IndyCar. if I were to summarize, you have a virtual environment that represents exactly what's happened on, ha happening out uh, uh, in the uh, field. And it's, it's reflecting issues, challenges, problems, as well as potentially identify advantages where they could focus on that would make this, you know, would be potentially better, right? So looking exactly. for... Exactly. So I think... Yeah. Yeah, so I think in, in the first level, what you're going to see is is from a twin or a digital twin or representation of a physical um, asset operation is you're going to want to know, is it performing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, is it doing what it's supposed to do, right? That's the very first level, right? Yes, it's on. Maybe you can talk about, is it on? Yes, Okay. Now it's on, is it performing the way I want it to? So you put boundaries or around that model about this is the way it's supposed to be performing. Am I in range or, or am I out of range? That's your second, that's your second layer uh, or fidelity within that model of twin is when we start talking about digital twins, you can have it as simple as letting you know whether things are working or not working. It's beyond just monitoring working. is what you're yes, saying. Yes, yeah. it's, it's absolutely. So the, the, the fidelity of a twin, how much, um, data you bring into this twin, the frequency of it highlights where things may be, um, you have a better idea of where, you know, things might be off, right? 
Um, if you, like I just gave you the example of the IndyCar. It could be that he was off on the track. It could be that, you know, he didn't turn correctly. It could be that he didn't pedal correctly. It could be the engine didn't fire on the right piston. There's a lot of things that tell you why things aren't performing the way they are. The more data you bring in and the more you represent in a digital twin gives you better insights on figuring out how to quickly identify where you need to focus those efforts. And that's really the heart. If you think about how you can use data, digitize that, and in, in somewhat of a near real time, really understand where to focus to get better, to get back yeah. to where you need to, or where you might be missing. Yeah. That's the edge. So That's the competitive advantage. Yeah, so, so you're referring to the performance model, essentially, not just pure you know, data. You're really looking at the overall performance, uh, whether that is you know, the performance of the car or you're making predictions based on the past into the future. All of this combined is really that model, right? Now, there's a lot of uh, uh, confusion out in the field around, is Digital Twin like a, a, a model, a, a picture, a three-dimensional drawing that somehow looks really nice? I can turn it around and it shows me labels and, and things like that. And then you put data on top of it that would constitute as a Digital Twin. What would you say? I'd say yes. I mean, that's a visual representation of that physical asset. You know, we use data to interpret that. You know, the, the first level of digital twin, you know, you can look at the laps and you look at the vehicle and you can see that that's also representing, you know, the video feed of what was going on with the vehicle. And that's a visual representation. You can kind of see visually where things might be off. Yeah. Or you can just look at the data and have the data tell you where things might be off, right? So in a lot of cases, you know, people are very visual. You know, if you're walking into, uh, let's just give you an example. If you're walking into a, a manufacturing facility and you want to know how your facilities performed, you pull up some augmented reality is what, you know, some people are using as a digital twin to give them a digital representation on how their, you know, their manufacturing floors are actually operating today. They pull up this 3D representation that's bringing data in right away, giving them quick analysis where they're at on what's happening and what's in front of them, right, from a digital standpoint. Yeah. Um, people say, well, why can't you do that in a control room? You can't, but now you're bringing all that data that's being rep virtualized inside your control room in front of you in real time. Yeah, so, so what you're saying is it could, it could be one piece. It could be many pieces in an, a holistic environment like – an entire factory, a plant, an entire uh, aircraft. Um, in fact, I've even heard uh, initiatives around creating a digital twin for a human body from a health perspective. Absolutely. Uh, they look at a digital twin of a heart to better yes. understand how that's performing and what changes would make things better. Um, so the digital twin concept itself is self-updating, right? It's getting information from the real world and it's updating itself, but it's also making its own determination about some things that it, it can do, the, it's real life twin could do better because the digital twin has the ability to make certain analysis, predictions, and say with a certain certain level of confidence that, hey, my, my physical twin could do better if you tweaked this or that. 
right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll come back to that IndyCar um, analogy again. We had a digital twin of how that performed. You just made a very, you know, a digital twin of the human driver. His heart rate goes up after every turn or after he's got a car on the side of him. Why is that? Is he comfortable with that? Do we need to involve the next practice session to get him more comfortable so that he's able to handle these different turns or this yeah. situation differently to enhance the performance, just like you're saying? So you're right. These, the way that you can model or digital twin, um, put a digital twin around certain aspects of what you really care about monitoring or, yeah. or seeing the, the behaviors of is, is quite vast, especially when we get into the world of I, IoT with sensors and data all over the place. Yeah. You can almost model or put a twin around almost anything. So, so, so we've very, it's very vast. Yeah. So we've identified like maybe two or three elements here, right? One was the sensor or data that's coming from multiple systems. Could be from one sensor, many sensors, many systems. Um, you talked about the communication aspect of it. Uh, human aspect of it right you got the car and the driver so there is the human interaction aspect of it but then there is also the sme knowledge what does the driver know that can go into the model right the driver has specialized knowledge that could be input into the model that could then make that model much better and that's true whether that's a car the plant uh, or a plane or a human body. What a doctor knows has to go into the model, right? Would you agree? Yeah, and I think that that is a very solid point. I think you there's a balance here with the model, and I, and I use it as, as um, the fidelity of the model. How good do you want that model to be, right? Mm -hmm. The more data, the more things you start to model, the more you know extensive and, and rich the model becomes. But at some point, the human element, it's very difficult to, to mimic or put together a model of how the driver takes that turn to know exactly how much friction is coming off of that left tire, Yeah. right? Or how the weather affects that left tire on that turn on lap number 12 after pit stop, right? Mm -hmm. He has that information. He knows how far he can push it. Now... Yeah, it's great to kind of maybe we can bring that into the the element of the twin, but at some point you have to kind of give yourself some some room there for, you know, that flexibility so that your model doesn't start to become so complex and so rich that you know bad data that might come in and affect it may throw the whole model off in general. So this is the balance. This mm -hmm. is the balance between what is good data, what data you need to bring in to have a, a robust modeling or digital twin around what you're, what's really important, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a very valid point, but the, the answer is yes, you can add as much as you want. Now, sustainability and maintaining that model moving forward will become a challenge as you start to really invest a lot of yeah. very specific and very uh, high velocity of data. So you have to be very, it's a balance. It's a balance, I would have to say. So the, the human element could also be the fact that there is tribal knowledge in the plant uh, or in, in a hospital that is probably yeah. not documented well enough. It could be just, you know, based on experience, right? And how do you really get that digital and get, how do you make that part of the overall digital infrastructure? 
right? That's that's yeah. the part that I I believe the humans can add a significant amount of value, right? Yeah, it's it that's a that's a it's a very valid point, and I think you can do that with a mixture of SME knowledge, but you can also put some some data driven modeling around that, right? Mm-hmm. Not everything, not every piece of asset equipment or operation runs the same way, but if you can model that over time yeah. and know where those variances are by SME knowledge, people that do it every day, yeah. you can add that into the model to say, hey, it's not off. This is just the way it's been running. Yep. And you can ask yourself, should it be running that way or should we actually fix it and start analyzing whether you need to adjust your current operations or your current uh, conditions to operate better. How you actually pulled that into your actual digital twin is going to really dictate how much um, variances you can actually get away with, you know, find the constraints or give you more um, um, throughput where you might need it. So it's, it's, you're absolutely right. The SME knowledge comes very handy, um, especially for digital technologies that need to be adopted in certain areas, you know, you know, you bring yeah. in that SME knowledge within that digital infrastructure, you have a higher adoptability, which is a very big deal. You so. you also hinted on another area, the fidelity of the model, right? There's always this, this balance of how much effort and cost goes into building a model and how much value do you generate out of it, right? Um, in some cases where there is a, you know, there is a management of the entire product life cycle where you have the ability to see the concept to design to production and then get the feedback of the instance of these instances of these digital twins out in the field and have that data come in and make your digital twin better more uh i would say better from a production perspective you can change your designs you can change your you know your manufacturing uh, methodologies, etc., to make a better twin instance out in the field, right? But at the same time, there may be instances and applications where the effort to do a high fidelity twin may not be worth the value that you're going to generate from it. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think that's a very important case. Um, uh, a lot of times people get um, caught up into the hype of we have to do this because everyone's doing this. But in reality, you need to really be strategic, right? This is where, you know, having a good digital strategy around what's important, what you really want to to get better at becomes a very vital piece before you start putting twins over everything, right? (laughs) Does it make sense? I'll give, I'll come back to the, to the race car. Does it make sense to put a twin over the track? Does it make sense to keep putting a twin over the vehicle? You know, do you want to put it over the engine? Do you want to put it over the gas pedal? If you make enough money, you can. You know, the the driver. You make enough money and you want to look at... Or you keep the driver safe, you can. Yeah. So there's a lot of different pieces and modeling that you could add into this. But at some point, you have to start to to ask yourself, is this work actually generating more value? Or am I starting to see the diminishing returns as I get to a certain point, right? So that's the balance that I keep talking about that people need to really understand where that, that, that convergence is so that you get the best out of the, you know, the, uh, your twin and modeling. So that's a very valid point. And it's a very one, it's, it's one that gets missed off pretty often in the very beginning stages of a, a transformation. Um, 
I, know, everyone's on the hype style. So yeah, I, I think uh, we uh, give a a pretty good introduction to uh, why we chose the name and uh, some of the reasons behind it. We do have a mind map around some of the things that we talked about. Of course, uh, if you go to the YouTube channel that we have, um, we do have this uh, uh, screencasted as well. So feel free to check out uh, the YouTube channel for Digital Twin Podcast. Um, of course, you can also check us out at uh, digitaltwinpodcast.com or uh, Digital Twincast on Twitter. Feel free to send us a note, questions, comments, or any suggestions on any future podcast uh, topics you'd like. All right. Well, I appreciate it. And y'all have a safe uh, evening. And uh, till next time. Be safe. Take care. Be safe.